around worldwide wrestling of the world. Hey everybody, what up? This is Scabbard, and I'm going to slip in the headlines here for you. Victor Young earns a spot at Summit Slam. Stand back, Hurricane Tag Match is too much to handle indoors. Kemp Kemp fights his way to Summit Slam, and Joey Pepperoni ekes out a win to earn a Summit Slam spot. And now, let's go to Dr. Worm. He's not a real doctor, but he is a real worm. Good morning, how are you? I'm Dr. Worm. Before we get any further, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LegitWWW. And with that, let's get into the highlights from this week's episode of Monday Night Ignite. episode of Ignite started off with one of many Summit Slam invitational matches. Newcomer and crowd favorite Joey Pepperoni faced off against recent hide-and-seek title loser Acapella and what was a really fun match to watch. Joey Pepperoni instantly went over the crowd before the match even started, dishing out his selection of top quality cured meats directly from his charcuterie board to the fans. Acapella isn't without a fan base of his own though. Despite Acapella's solitary nature, the crowd seemed seems to respond to him, which made it an entertaining match to watch. In the end, Acapella's high-flying songs weren't enough to finish off Joey Pepperoni, who just kept kicking out of the pins. Before anyone knew what was happening, he ran to his corner, grabbed his empty charcuterie board, and hucked it right across the ring at Acapella. While his aim was true, Acapella ducked, avoiding the attack. The timing was enough, though, for Joey Pepperoni to pump kick Acapella in the face and get the win via pinfall. The second match in Monday night's lineup was unfortunately not nearly as exciting and not what the fans were looking for. This match saw Victor Young versus New Blood Gideon Cage in a match that would give the winner a slot in Summit Slam. This was clearly forced in by management to get their pretty boy Victor Young back to the top, and he's no longer over with the fans. Victor Young has lost three consecutive matches, and while he's a skilled wrestler, he just shouldn't be a contender for Summit Slam. Top Brass obviously feels differently, though, with the result of us being forced to watch yet another Victor Young match. Rookie wrestler Gideon Cage is fine for a heel but this match just seems so forced. We found ourselves wanting Cage to win. Predictably, though, that was not to be. And Victor Young finally added another win to his record. It looks like management wants big things for Victor Young, and we'll be seeing him again next week at Summit Slam. Things picked up a little bit after Victor Young's mediocre performance, with a match seeing Kemp Kemp take on Puffy Buttons. This was an enjoyable match to watch seeing two of the bigger sized WWW stars really going at it. The main difference is while Kemp Kemp loves his donuts, he is still pretty solidly built, while Puffy Buttons has definitely let himself go these past few years. Once a top contender, he's now lucky if he can make it to the top of a ladder. Kemp Kemp nimbly avoided the buttons bursting off of Puffy's garish overcoat and delivered the sonic implosion for the win, and a coveted spot at Summit Slam. All right, so I'm here quickly backstage with Mike Moore. He's about to go on to his first match. Uh, Mike, Mike, how do you feel, man? Real quick before you go out there, how do you feel? Do me a favor. 
do this. Scabs, do this. Okay. Oink, more. Keep going. You keep going. Mike Moore. Mike Moore. Mike Moore. Okay, all right. Mike, Mike, the music's going. You got to get out there. Get out there, Mike. No, man, I love you. Bye. This week's main event was a whirlwind. Literally. The Baker Boys and Trace Hombres teamed up to take on the Rancho Randos and American Cream in an eight-man hurricane tag match. A unique stipulation where there is a jet engine directed at the ring. For safety reasons to the audience, this match takes place outside with the ring anchored to the ground. You'd think having a GE90-94B turbofan jet engine directed at the ring would eliminate any high-flying moves, but Roshan Boom of American Cream didn't get the memo. Once the bell rang, Boom immediately tried to take out as many men as he could from the top rope, but predictably, he was knocked to the outside of the ring in midair, effectively falling 16 feet to the ground. Duff and Muff Baker went on the offensive, clobbering anyone in their path. At one point, Muff used the 200-mile-an-hour wind gust from the jet engine to propel himself to deliver a series of devastating lariats that nearly made heads roll. The Trace Hombres weren't so sure-footed in their approach to the match. Both of the Bigley bros seemed to cower in their corner, unable to make any offensive attempts. Recovering from being knocked out of midair, Roshan Boom crawled his way to the Trace Hombres' corner and took both of the Bigley's legs out and smashed their faces on the ring apron, which, as we know, is the hardest part of the ring. The Rancho Randos saw this as an opportunity to gain the advantage in the match by jumping in front of the jet engine from the top rope, forming cannonballs with their bodies and aiming directly for the Trace Hombres. This, of course, was a stupid idea. The Rancho Randos missed their target by a wide margin, landing 10 feet outside of the opposite side of the ring. You can see in the instant replay, Debo Sunspot actually catches the top of the ring post with his head, leaving him concussed and ineffective for the rest of the match. His tag partner, sure enough, landed so hard on the outside of the ring that WWW management legitimately thought he died. According to reporter Steve Seltzer of the Wrestling Watchers newsletter, chairperson Angelo Nardelli was backstage for this match and sent word to the refs to pull the Rancho Randos to prevent further injury. Mike Moore, one half of American Cream, snuck back in the ring and tried to roll up Muff Baker. But Baker kicked out and then missile drop kicked Moore from the standing position, knocking him out cold for the 1-2-3. The Baker boys and Trey Sombres won the match, although only one member from each team gets to move on to Summit Slam. Well, folks, in this business, veterans eventually have to retire to make way for the new men and women of the ring to keep the story and the business going. We here at the podcast wanted to pull back the curtain just a little bit to let you in on one rookie's journey from the beginning. Here's the latest installment in our continuing series with WWW's latest signee, Mike Moore. Everybody backstage here with Mike Moore. Uh, Mike, what happened out there in that hurricane tag match, man? Uh, unfortunately, it didn't, didn't really work out in your favor. You want to walk us through how you're feeling? Hey, Scabs. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really get to wrestle. I mean, there was a lot of pretty big moves here, you know? I mean, the other guys. 
it's a tough match, you know? I mean, there's a GE9094B turbo fan jet engine directed at the ring. There's not really much you can do. I couldn't hear anything. I mean, just even before the engine turned on, I was just so fired up, man. I'm just the adrenaline and we were singing Thunderstruck, like my pump up song. I just, I couldn't see or hear anything. I was just, I feel like blood was coming out of my ears and my face. I was just so excited. And I mean, have you spoken to Roshan Boom, your partner? I mean, he immediately tried a top rope high flying move, uh, which was not advised. I mean, we don't talk. And I think that's common for a lot of tag teamers. I get it. I'm like, my right hand's out. You can tag me. So when he went for it, I was like, okay, I think he's got an idea. I don't blame him. He got caught up in the moment, as as I did. I got caught up in, in a different way, which was standing on the side of the ring and watching. So he really uh, went for it. Didn't work out for him. No, I mean, he, he fell 16 feet to the ground. And I don't think I, I mean, I watched the match. I didn't see you. Maybe the cameras didn't pick it up. But did you go and check on him at all? I mean, I know you guys said you didn't talk, but. It's hard to get down from that stage. And I looked at him and I was like, I was, I was like, dude. I could come to you. He didn't really look at I mean, he doesn't look at me a lot anyway, which is again like professional. I get it. And he had his he had an idea of where he wanted to go with the match. So um when he was down, I just let him be down. I think he felt shame and I get it. Okay. Uh at this point, uh the Baker boys have been really running roughshod over the rest of the, the field here. They looked really strong. And you had this, this was your moment, an opportunity. You snuck back in the ring and tried to roll up on Muff Baker. Walk us through that, man. So just like every alcoholic gets drawn to the liquor store, my feet just brought me out to that ring. I cannot tell you what I was thinking. Again, the excitement was really, really there. And I was on the side of the ring. I had been thunderstrucking or I had been thunderstruck since I start, made you sing that song. And uh, you put get yourself in the mentality. I'm in the Coliseum. I got Brian Johnson and Angus Young just shredding behind me. And it is on. My feet went a left and a right, lift a top rope, slid under, and I saw a window. The opportunity to take it. I almost had like what we call in the wrestling business, the adrenaline blinders. Now, let me walk you through that. Adrenaline blinders are you have so much adrenaline going that you, uh, you, you know, like a horse. Mm -hmm. It's like a horse that only sees in front of it because it has the um, blinders on. It's very similar to a horse-drawn carriage. And like, I got a job to do. I got to take these people to the park. And so you see Muff Baker in the middle of the ring here. And you've got your blinders on. Thunderstruck is happening. You go for the roll-up. This is my wheelhouse. You know, this is an old-fashioned roll-up. In a match, you know, we would be wearing our uh, school-colored unitards. That's what I'm kind of used to. What I didn't know and wasn't ready for is the slickness. It was sweaty. So I'm used to a little grip. I tried to kind of get my body leverage in there to roll them up real good. It backfired in, in, a, in a horrible way. Stood right up, gave you a standing missile drop kick, and actually yeah. pinned you for the one, two, three. Yeah. And I believe the reports are that you were uh, knocked out. Do you remember being knocked out at all by this? I just see the leg coming down. It was a, a red pant coming down quick. And then it was like fast and slow at the same time. The music in my mind stopped. I did pretty well in the ring. I was in there for a bit, you know, and and I think I did. I held my own, you know, for my my first uh, match. I mean, you effectively lost the match for American Cream and the chance at at some. But it was my first. But it was my first one. Talked to Lou Gehrig about his first time at bat. Did he pin the guy? No. You're not deterred by this at all. You'll be back, even though your record's zero and one. It took you over a month to get here, and you you get put in this match. You cost your team. 
uh, a chance at Summit Slam, and you're telling me that that your head's still high and you're going to be working to to get back to match number two. I'll tell you, my head is rock hard. I'll say this: it took me four years to build up a stellar wrestling record at Michigan, and I'll be damned if one match is going to predict my future in this league. But again, like I don't think you got the analogies. Would Mozart have come out and just like wrote a hit song his first try? No. And, you know, and I could go on and on, and I will. Did Ricky Henderson steal a, a base the first time he played baseball? No. Mike Moore get all he wanted first match? No. He wanted more. And all I got to say is American Cream is here to stay. Bush and Boom is my best friend. Just because Summit Slam is this summer? Uh, guess what? I heard it was also every summer. So look out for next summer. Because Mike Moore isn't about to settle for less. Holy shit. That's the one. You're going to write that one down? Mike Moore can't settle for less. Oh, man. Thanks, dude. That You're like my muse. With that, I might need to send it back to Dr. Worm here to do the rest of the show. But Mike Moore, he, you heard it here first. He's not deterred. He's going he's gonna to be trying for his next match. And it looks like American Cream may be something to watch out for. I don't know. We'll keep you posted. Mike, thanks for joining us. Good luck on your next match. And, and rest up, man. You had a hard match here. Never settle for less. Mike Moore, everybody. Thanks, Mike. Oh, expect more. Well, Scabber, that was another fantastic Mike Moore interview. A real master of the English language. If only his ring mastery was slightly better i mean he just came off a really tough match here and it was his first match in the www and so he made up a verb man thunderstrucking that's okay he mm, let's move on The hot news this week is all about the upcoming pay-per-view, Summit Slam. It's not SummerSlam, it just takes place in the summer. For the first time in its 24-year run, Summit Slam will not be taking place in Colorado. This year, we're headed to Smoot, Wyoming, which we're told is a real place and is still a part of the Rocky Mountains. Dating back to 1995, the first Summit Slam was rumored to have taken place somewhere inside the Denver International Airport the year it was built. After that first year, it's moved around Colorado, always being somewhere in the mountain ranges. This pay-per-view is probably the most well-known of all WWW pay-per-views, although it ranks as the eighth most viewed. Summit Slam is just one big tournament, all on the same day. Eight wrestlers, each fighting for a chance to scale the mountain. In this case, the mountain is the apex of the four ladders that are resting on each turnbuckle, forming a point high above the center of the ring. It's at this peak that each wrestler must try to ascend, for there is the golden crown. Whichever wrestler gets the crown first is effectively the king of the thing and wins the match. It's vital for the wrestlers to pace themselves though, as all the matches happen on the same day, so the ultimate winner will have to win three matches. The other big news that assistant Chair Nardelli dropped on us this week was who is taking the final spot in the Summit Slam tournament. This year has been pretty chaotic with awarding wrestlers the coveted spot, with the bulk of the wrestlers winning their place this past week. One spot has been vacant, however, which assistant chair Angelo Nardelli gave to brand new wrestler Dandy Brand. We have no idea who the hell this is, but Nardelli does not have the best track record of picking successful wrestlers. 
Nardelli has a knack of doing what he thinks is a good decision, but is in fact the exact opposite. Anyways, we now have a full roster for Summit Slam. We'll see Rado face Joey Pepperoni, Kemp Kemp will take on Berserker, Duff Baker against Dandy Brand, and finally Victor Young will square off against Rick Bigley Jr. We're happy to see Rado advancing, but are nervous about his reaction when he finds out that this year's Summit Slam will in fact not be in Colorado. Based off an official statement from the WWW, things do not seem to be going well for the new stadium. Last week we learned that the WWW saved some dollars by contracting out to IKEA, but it doesn't sound like it was worth the bargain. We were lucky enough to see some pictures of the building site and it appears to just be supplies and direction sheets strewn about with not an IKEA worker in sight. I don't think the WWW truly understood the nature of IKEA when this deal was struck and it looks like it's up to the WWW to build the stadium themselves. Let's just hope they can put the hundreds of Allen wrenches that come with the stadium kit to good use. Today's episode is brought to you from the makers of Miracle Whip, bringing you Catch Whip. You've trusted us with your mayonnaise. Why not give our ketchup a shot? Well, Scabbard, this was another wild week of Ignite. I don't want to get into anything else before we talk about this hurricane tag match and how absolutely bonkers it was. I've never seen anything like it. No, um, you, you gave us the lowdown. Do you know where this idea even came from? Because this the whole thing is absurd from the very beginning, I feel like. I think it came from above assistant chairperson Angelo Nardelli. Like, it came from the tip top. Are you sure? This seems like a Nardelli job. This seems like a Nardelli... This has Nardelli written all over it to me. It has Nardelli written all over it, and I think that he has his hand in it, but I think the initial idea for this insane match came from the tip top, because that's where most of the crazy ideas germinate from. Um, I mean, Ardelli's got his fair share of, of craziness and his fair share of stupid ideas, but sometimes, every now and again... The tip top puts their hand in and and uh, Nardelli goes along with it, man. And this was one of them, I think. Yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing any more jet engines in the future, but it was fun to watch, but it was also not fun to watch. It's hard to go up against a jet engine. You're not going to win ever. I mean, plus you're, you're putting wrestlers' health and safety into immense danger. Uh, I mean, apart from normally how much danger that they're in during any match that happens in the ring. Now you've got something that is almost uncontrollable. At one point, it's a spectacle, and it certainly piqued the interest of a lot of people, and they wanted to uh, see this match. You know, my eyes were glued to the television, but at some point still, it seems wildly excessive. It's different. For me, the buildup and the hype was probably more of a success than the actual match was. Uh, I was really excited going into into this. Just like you, my eyes were glued to the screen. Couldn't get enough, but I definitely had enough. It was good to hear that as Steve Seltzer from the Wrestling Watchers newsletter reported that chairperson Angelo Nardelli did pull Rancho Randos to prevent further injury. It was good to see that there was some modicum of decency in chairperson Nardelli. You know, he's not out for complete blood and chaos. Yeah. Um, but at some point, it's like, are you going to stand up and say, maybe we shouldn't do this match? It's definitely nice seeing that they're thinking about the wrestlers. And honestly, the ending for me made it all worth it. I love seeing the Baker boys in action when they're on. When they're on, they're great. And just seeing him really beat the crap out of Mike Moore was just a real fantastic treat for me. For Mike Moore, this being his first match, this being his first match after weeks of of waiting in the wings, he got thrown into it hard. Maybe this spawned a whole new idea in his head for what it means to be a wrestler. 
Uh, let's move on and talk about Dandy Brand and uh, who the hell this person is. Do you know? Uh, I haven't seen him in any house shows. I haven't seen him on the independent circuit. This is a guy off the street, maybe? I, I am not sure. Who is this person? I don't know. I, I don't really have much to go on uh, other than the name and the fact that it came from Nardelli. I don't know. Do you Have you heard anything? I mean, you are in constant contact with Steve Seltzer, so you know maybe he's... Seltzer's blank on this one. We, we are both out of the loop. I have no idea who this person is. I haven't heard his name before no one that i talked to seems to know him the only thing that we all know is that nardelli is behind him 100 which means he's probably going to be terrible i guess we'll see it's going to be interesting seeing his uh his debut and his debut in such a big match also maybe that's part of the, the the theory here maybe that's part of the the idea to announce this person and everyone goes who is that i gotta go see who it is but maybe it'll maybe it'll be good we'll see Well, we'll uh, take that as it comes, I guess. In the meantime, let's chat a little bit about this new stadium update that we got today. I think things are going about as well as planned. Yeah, it appeared that WWW thought it would be a good idea to partner with such a big brand, uh, a big company in Ikea. And I think they they weren't anticipating that Ikea was going to deliver the stadium materials in the only way Ikea knows how, which is completely in pieces. Yeah, this is exactly what I had thought might happen uh, you go to ikea you buy furniture you buy whatever it is you're buying home decor it's coming in pieces they're not building it for you i guess you could hire someone else to do that but that's not the ikea way and this is a very typical www mentality of saving the money now and not thinking about the repercussions i mean you know they purchased it the contracts have been signed the stadium's going to get built one way or another so it'll be interesting to see we've all Oh, well, most of us anyway have uh, had our fair share of building IKEA furniture or building furniture we've purchased in the store, and it can be good. It could last for a long time. You could also be missing a screw somewhere, and something could happen. And, you know, I just hope that that's not the case. I hope that WWW is on top of the instructions and, and are get, keeping organized. But this company being around for, what is it, 120, 130 years, something like that, yeah. they have proven time and time again that they're not the most organized company. You know, they're not the worst, but they're not the most organized company. Uh, So I'm sure there's going to be something missing. There's got to be. There's going to be something that happens, and I just hope nobody gets hurt. What I want to know is, on the IKEA side of things, who the hell is in charge of making the instructions for building a stadium? Have you seen their instructions? There's no actual words. It's just pictures of that strange-looking man with very large paws for hands. Who's, who's doing that? This is, must be one one hell of an instruction manual. Yeah, I was talking to insider Paul Pancia this week, and he did say that he got a glimpse of the instruction manual, and it is uh, it is a thick boy. It is uh, cl- close to about 2,000 pages. Um, mm. No words. There's no words, apparently, uh, keeping in, in line with the IKEA instructions. But that's according to Pancia. Uh, I hope it's not that long. I mean, hopefully it's, I mean, it is a stadium. Maybe it should be shorter. I mean, maybe they've got, you know, hopefully it's not small small pieces that they're putting everything together maybe it's like large panels and stuff but we will find out all right well we'll look forward to learning more about that uh why don't you send us home scabbard all right and that was this week's episode of worldwide wrestling of the world we thank you for listening we'll be back next week with the results of summit slam it's not summer slam it just takes place in the summer and we'll see you next week thank you again that's all we got that's is that the catchphrase that's all we got that's the catchphrase that's all we got that's the catchphrase I guess that's I guess that's all we got. That's the catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs>